Welcome to Think Big with Dan and Kasim. Join host Dan Melnick and Kasim Masood as they explore big ideas, limitless possibilities, and engage with visionaries, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders who dare to dream big. Get inspired, motivated, and find practical tips for personal growth. Think big, dream bigger, and ignite your potential. Dan and Kasim, and our guest today is Jacob. So, Jacob, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us what you do for a living and where you live. Uh, so, my name is Jacob. I'm the founder of Bull Mood Beverages, and I live in Austin, Texas. Uh, Bull Mood Beverages is a alcohol brand that has combined cold brew coffee and whiskey to create a canned cocktail called Cold Brews. It's a first of its kind cocktail. Um, I like to say it, it combines those three timeless ingredients, that third ingredient being uh, Madagascar vanilla. This is this is what it looks like if you want to see it in the flesh. So 12 ounce uh, can. Um, we like to say the mission of the company is to energize and socialize. So allows you to have your coffee, uh, allows you to socially drink with friends, bring it to the tailgate, bring it to the golf course, um, that kind of thing. Awesome. So how did you get this idea? So it's a little bit of a long story, but um, when I first started working, I fell in love with coffee and really enjoyed like the social connection of bonding with my coworkers. And then being a little bit of an insomniac after long weeks of work, I, I'd be a little bit tired sometimes. So whether it was the Friday night going out with friends, actually in Dallas at the time, that's where I was living. You know, I need a little bit of a pick-me-up. So I would drink espresso martinis, Irish coffees, you know, vodka Red Bulls. Um, and then at brunches, I wanted a coffee. But also, you know, I would I would drink a Bloody Mary or a mimosa. And then I'd also have a water in front of me. But really, I wanted, you know, like a, a coffee, but also show, to socially drink. And then also, you know, watching, you know, college sports. Um, same thing was kind of percolating in my mind. Uh, living in LA at the time, you know, watching 10 a.m. kickoffs for the NFL. I'd meet up with friends at sports bars. We'd want to have some drinks, but it'd be like, I didn't want a beer right away. So I wanted to have my coffee. So yeah, kind of all those things combined. I realized there was a big kind of gap in the market. A lot of brands target that Friday night, Saturday night use case. There's not as many kind of target that daytime social drinking a use case that I was going after. So was seeing the explosion of ready to drink uh, cocktails and decided to, um, you know, get back into the startup world and, and quit my job, made my bold move to found Bold Move Beverages. So you mentioned making that bold move, quitting your job, starting this company. What was the biggest challenge when you first got started? Yeah. So when I first, first started, I realized I probably quit my job a little preemptively, if I'm being honest. Uh, but I realized also, I needed to take the leap if I was going to do it. You know, I was kind of in that rat race of the corporate job and wanted to switch things up. So um, I would say for me, it's just, you know, industry, like everything has layers to it. And the alcohol industry is very, very complex in, ter in terms of understanding the regulatory framework, understanding who the stakeholders are, who you have to convince to, to bring your product in, the minimum order quantities it takes to, to do a first production run. Um, all that kind of stuff. It's a little bit of a beast. And um, yeah, it led me to to figure out, okay, there's a lot that I got to do. And I guess it's not really an answer to your question, but it, it's everything. Everything is hard in the beginning. And you realize what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and you learn who you can you know, lean on, um, what you can figure out on your own. Um, and you kind of start to just, you know, things just start to fall into place. Cool. So what makes your, your company stand out from all other businesses in your niche? Yeah. So as I kind of, you know, mentioned, the ready-to-drink cocktail category is exploding, but 99% of ready-to-drink cocktails are made up of carbonated water, right? A seltzer, 
and then tequila or vodka, and then some mm -hmm. sort of like some use real, real juices and flavors, but a lot of them just use chemicals mm -hmm. as well. Ours just combines those those three timeless ingredients, um, cold brew coffee, aged whiskey, and Madagascar vanilla. Um, so we are the first of our kind in this specific niche, but there are, you know, espresso martinis that use vodka. Um, most of them come in like tiny cans. And then there's also some that are made with malt liquor, sugar alcohols, grain neutral spirits, which is essentially Everclear. So we are I would say the best in class in our category. <laughs> nice. That's cool. So uh, how are you getting the word about uh, about your brand? Yeah. So um, it's a lot of things that we're, we're doing on doing simultaneously. So the best marketing that you can do as a brand is like liquid to lips marketing, they say. So doing demos and samplings at the liquor stores that have taken us in. We just kind of relaunched in June. So just kind of making sure that these retailers are happy, building a relationship with them building relationship with the bartenders that are that are selling the product so that they can help market the product as well along with just getting people to you know try the product to begin with because um in these liquor stores a lot of people are going in with like a plan like oh i'm going to buy some tequila i want to make some margaritas this weekend or i'm buying some some vodka i'm going to make some martinis this weekend whatever it might be so you have to kind of convince them hey here's a new product do you like coffee do you like whiskey and you know, that's a big that's a big target market that, that like those things but what we're doing is a little bit novel so you know sampling is is a great great form of marketing you know digital marketing we're working on influencer marketing events here in Austin you know e-commerce is something I'm exploring as well it's a little bit the alcohol industry is very far behind a lot of industries you know you have to sell through a distributor who sells to a retailer who sells to a customer and then you add in you know drizzly or something and then a delivery charge and a service fee gets a little bit pricey but it can be done and you know the the market is kind of you know looking for ways to get their hands on that kind of stuff as well so that's another uh, thing I'm exploring as well so what is the role of technology in your business yeah so you know honestly i um you know i i really value the ability to be organized so i i definitely like rely on you know ways to like engage with my investors um through a platform called uh, visible and then I use, you know, the Google like suite to to do a lot of the work as well to keep myself organized. I'd use ChatGPT to help me with kind of like, you know, organizing and things like that. So I definitely am a fan of AI. Um, but I would say those are those are the main things. Um, and then kind of my distributor, um, uh, RNDC, they have some ways to kind of track the data and see like the depletions and things like that as well. I would say those are the main ways. Um, always looking for ways to improve, but. Um, a lot of it is done some some in very like old school ways, just you know phone calls and texts and and emails and and you know just you know, taking notes. But but some of it is done in slightly more sophisticated, more modern ways. So in terms of you mentioned AI, right? So ChatGPT, do you use it more for copywriting? I guess like what are you seeing in terms of AI use case when it comes to alcohol or food and beverage? Yeah, so. That's a good question. Sometimes I'll look up, hey, like, what's the process of expanding into California, for example? And it'll help tell me, like, okay, you got to go to the California ABC. You have to register your brand. You have to then pay this fee, and you can do that. And then I'll say, oh, in this state, it's slightly different. So it, it can help you answer some regulatory questions. For copywriting, for, for um, like, social posts, I've definitely used it to help tweak it. So I've definitely used that. And then I, I've used... Uh, like Dolly for some like image creation and stuff as well. Cause food and beverage photography can be pr pretty expensive sometimes. So it does a great job with that stuff. If it's not, if you don't need to be too specific, like showing my product poured into something, you know, I can, 
it can replicate what my product would look um, like in a glass kind of thing. Whereas if I need my actual brand and label on it, it's not really that great at that quite yet from what I've experienced. So that's kind of how I'm using it currently. Um, but as I kind of mentioned, like sales is something that it, unfortunately it's a little bit tougher um, to use AI currently. Like I might be able to help me find the right decision makers, but the decision makers at where I'm selling at currently at my stage of business, you need to go, you need to get in front of them. You need to like walk into a liquor store and walk into a bar and talk to the, the general manager or the owner and just build a relationship because just calling them, you're not going to really get a sale as a new brand. Like how are you, how challenges, uh, how are the challenges going on in your business? Because there must be some negative uh, publicity as well. Like from the public side, there will be some negativity yeah. as well. And uh, other, there will be other, some, some other challenges as well. So how you are facing these challenges and how you are fixing all of them. Do you mean like challenges in terms of like my product specifically or challenges? Specifically to your product. Yeah, I guess, you know, some people definitely lump my product in with like the four locos of the world. I guess maybe that's your question. But, you know, instead of being like a 14% alcohol by volume product, that's like in a 16 or 24 ounce can, which is basically like six beers in one. Our product is 6% alcohol by volume, and it, it's natural caffeine from coffee, which is legal. Four Loco's formula is now illegal, which was using just like pumped in powdered caffeine, basically, which, um, you know, I, I don't believe it has the same exact effect. So, so cold brew coffee, kind of the effect is it brings you up kind of slowly, um, definitely gets you, you know, feeling caffeinated, and then it'll bring you down a little bit more smoothly as well. There's no real coffee is not something it's hard to over drink coffee. I don't know about you guys, if you're coffee lovers yourself, but I like to have two, three cups of coffee a day. Usually it's not something I can just drink all day, you know, 24 seven, whereas artificially flavored things, they're formulated in a way to make you drink them quickly and to, to get them down easy and to, you know, like abuse it, I would say. Um, so mm -hmm. I would say cold brews, we, we view it as a complimentary drink to your favorite beer and seltzers. Um, therefore, it's something that you buy a four pack. Hopefully you, you have three friends to have each one each. And then you can kind of switch to your other drinks if you're, you know, sitting around watching sports, <laughs> playing golf, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, nice. So uh, in generic, uh, how do you plan on growing your business? Yeah. So right now, my plan is to continue growing my my traction with independent uh, liquor stores in Austin um, get into more like as I mentioned those use cases that really make sense for me so sports bars um, we've we've seen some interest from bowling alleys uh, golf courses I'm talking with somebody today who might be able to help me get in with like Dave and Buster's we're also looking into growing like through chain accounts as well so some places where you can make one you can get one buyer interested and then you can get into, you know, 10 locations basically. So that'll be a, a great way to grow. And then also um, building out relationships with distributors and then growing geographic markets and uh, growing out our e-commerce channels as well. Awesome. So you mentioned that you were in Dallas when you got this idea, then you moved to Austin. So did you move for this business? Like, what does that look like for you being in Austin in terms of scaling? Is that like been something that's helped you? Yeah, honestly, it was a little bit actually, after Dallas, I ended up living in LA for a little bit. So it was kind of a, a genesis, I would say. But I moved back to Austin because I had gone to, to UT for undergrad and fell in love with the city of Austin. And 
knew what what the culture of Austin was of being a very social, young, like vibrant city where people like to you know go out. And then also in terms of yeah, like the weather and stuff, it's it kind of lends itself to getting out and doing things. From that perspective, I knew it would be a great market for it. Obviously, Texas is a very like business friendly state. I but I also decided to go back to to school. I went back to UT to get my my MBA as well. So that was where I kind of incubated the business and really met people that mentored me. Founders of other brands that were built in Austin are now, you know, national brands like um like Beatbox Beverages or Ranch Rider are two great examples of companies that were founded at UT's uh, business school that are now, you know, all across the country. You're getting your MBA now while you're growing this business or you started like uh, uh, what did that look I, like? I moved back to Texas in 2020 um, and graduated from the business school in 2022. So a little over a year ago, but yeah, launched, you know, kind of, you know, was building the business and always looking through the scope of like, how can I apply what I'm learning to building a business? So I don't think I'm ever going back to kind of, you know, a different route. I love working at startups. I love, you know, building bull mood beverages. And yeah, the business program was really great in terms of obviously the academic knowledge, but really the the network that it opened me up to has been like invaluable. Can you talk like a little bit more about that? So I think there's a big debate now about people say, oh, college is not needed. So I guess you can talk like a little bit more about those benefits, you know, how it's helped you with, with your network and grow your business. Yeah. So I would just say I could put it in very plain terms, like I raise money for my business. A lot of my investors were my classmates who saw me building the business. And then my, you know, I mentioned the founders of Beatbox and Ranch Rider. There are people that I've talked to like, hey, like, do you recommend trying to fundraise a lot and then doing in-house manufacturing or do you recommend contract manufacturing? They answer those questions like, do you know somebody I could talk to about this? They make those introductions. So that can happen organically. I don't think you have like business school is the one size fits all solution for entrepreneurs. I'd say business school is a lot less catered to entrepreneurs than other disciplines, like if you want to be an investment banker, a consultant, or um, you know, a product marketer, business school is definitely a great route for you. I would say it really opens up a lot of business paths for you and like, you know, jobs. For entrepreneurship, it can be a good route for you. I think you have to find the right program and really know that the professors are gonna like be there to support you, that there's pitch competitions that'll, you know, you can things like that. So not all not all business schools are gonna be right for entrepreneurs. Not all entrepreneurs are gonna be right for business school. I think for me it was a I knew that I needed to plug into an ecosystem that was strong and that could, you know, help kind of like foster my growth as a professional. And UT did that for me. Um so yeah, I, I would be happy to, you know, it's really a one size. It's not a one size fits all solution. Like everybody's got to decide for themselves. If it's the right route. It definitely isn't cheap, right? You know, the, the loans and, and that sort of stuff. But for me, it it got me to a place where I can really feel a lot of comfort in that. I, I knew a lot. My network's grown, you know, significantly. And now I have people that as I continue to grow my business, right, maybe I raise future rounds, they can help introduce me to more people as well. So um, yeah, it worked for me. But can't vouch for all programs and, and all people. Yeah, it is good collectively. Obviously, collective collectively, it is more good. So um, you you said you are you are already using technology for your business, uh, for the social media, for the marketing on social media, and uh, you are also using ChatGPT. <laughs> so yeah. how do you track the effectiveness of 
technology at work? You know, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, for like my email marketing stuff, like the numbers are right there of like who opened up the email, what were the click through rates, you know, like all that sort of stuff. And I guess the analytics for, you know, Instagram, you could say the same thing, like the data is there. That used to be like an analyst before. And I definitely like to lean on numbers when I can. So, I mean, that's the best way to measure it, I would say. Marketing, I think there's like an adage of like, if you know that like all marketers say like 50% of your your budget is going to waste. You just don't know what 50% it is basically. So I think the same way with like technology and like building a business is like, hopefully your margin of error gets lower and lower and you're continuing to make better decisions and devote your time to more like ROI type work. But yeah, not all of it's going to be perfect. So you're going to be like, oh, let me, let me explore this opportunity. Oh, that was a total waste of time. And then, um, you know, learn from it and then move on and, and just fail quickly, basically. What is the one biggest piece of advice that you wish you knew before you started this business? That's a, that's a good question. I would say something that I regret slash it just didn't work out. So I'm glad I didn't make the mistake either was I wish I had like a co-founder, you know, somebody I could like build it with somebody that um, complimented my skills. I was always hoping that would happen organically. And I've seen like, you know, my brother, you know, my brother's like brought had a business and he brought like the wrong kind of like investors in and it really like screwed things up. So I think I was a little bit more hesitant to like make the wrong decision on that front, but it would have been great to have somebody like in the trenches with me, especially in the pre-revenue, you know, stages, you know, the, like, the two and a half, three years of doing that, that really would have like helped me um, and, and would help me right now as well. So I would say find the right people, whether it's like internal or external that can support you. I have a great like support network, but in terms of somebody who's actually understanding the day-to-day struggles, it's, you know, I'm not, not quite there. So entrepreneurship can be a lonely road. And if you have like, you know, a great co-founder that can make a huge like world of difference. Sure. So if we're going to have this conversation again in one year from now, where do you expect things to be for Bulb of Beverages? Ooh, I hope we're in a lot more retail accounts. I hope, um, I hope a lot more people are aware of the business. I can't put an exact, you know, revenue figure, or, you know, valuation on the company. I just want to keep on building the brand. I hope we have not just the, you know, the original black like cold brews, but I hope we have our vanilla oat um, flavor out. We've explored like a decaf version. Some people are sensitive to caffeine. You know, I hope that we have some some co-branding opportunities. We work with some cool brands on the marketing side and, you know, on the formulation side as well. It's a good question. I, I try not to, to think too far ahead. I want to keep just getting to the next stage and just try and think like a scrappy startup. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you or find your company's brand, what's the best way for them, for them to find you, like your website or social media? Yeah, I would say social media. Um, we're really good about like checking our, like our messages there. You can reach me, um, just, you know, Jacob at Bull Mood Beverages. Uh, dot com. So happy to like, you know, talk to people there, whether it's, you know, an entrepreneur that's exploring a business idea, whether it's somebody who's interested, you know, investing or partnering, would love to, you know, talk about opportunities. But yeah, social media, um, website, you know, LinkedIn, I would love to connect with people that, you know, like what I'm building at Bowman Beverages, and then also, you know, want to learn from the ups and downs of building a business. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for your time. Hopefully we can chat again one year from now as you continue to scale your brand. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate the time, Kostin, as well. Um, this has been really fun. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. Jacob. Yeah, bye-bye. Thanks. All right, bye. Have a good one.